Hey there everybody and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. The season really feels like it is in full swing now. We had the fans out, we had some sun, and we had some very solid racing. Even had a couple of little falls over there in Austria as well. We're going to break it all down here today, so let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining me this week here on the Biathlon Podcast. We've got all the usuals coming up, the lightning recaps of all the men's and women's races. We've then got my prizes of the week for best performers, unsung heroes, and the biggest disappointments before rounding things off with my best bets for the upcoming races, which are going to be happening over in France at Le Grand Bonnard this coming weekend. Not huge amount of news to catch you up on, just a couple of people who are and aren't going to be racing in Annecy. Unfortunate news for the Austrian team, we won't see Simon Ada. he's out with an illness, but good news for the Italian team, we've got Lukas Hoffer returning for his first World Cup races of the season. All that being said, let's dig into the races from Austria and we'll go straight in to the Lightning Recap. So we started with the women last week. I think that's where most of the drama was this week too, but we'll start with the gents today. We had sprints, pursuits, and relays on the menu, and Johannes Dingers bow was hungry for some wins. Turns out Contialati was no fluke. He's back. He's as good as ever. It was total domination from the Norwegian. Let's go back to the start. We started off with Friday's sprint, and it was a bad start from some of the early guys. Seb Samuelsson missing two shots low. He'd end up 19th after that. We then had a first crash of the season in the men's races. Belgium's Thierry Langer going down pretty hard. It was, uh, saw it on the coverage in slow motion, so it may be a little worse than it was. Thought he'd saved it. Just looked like he was going to get back up, but couldn't catch it. Took a pretty big drop right onto the rifle. Luckily for him, I think he was unhurt and went on to finish the race. Roman Rees couldn't recreate last week's magic. He missed two, just like Seb Samuelsson. Ended the day down in 30th. But the man of the hour was Janis Tinger's bow. Starting a little bit earlier this week, but wasting no time. He came into the prone 5.1 seconds up on Christensen, who was leading at that point. Had a nice, clean prone shoot, 30 seconds in and out. And he had an 8.1 second lead after that. Just behind him, Ponciolomo staying in touch just about keeping it nice and steady on the range, four to five seconds between each shot, but it was worth it, and he came out of the prone shoot just about in touch of the leaders. As I say, it was Christensen leading the day early. He was into the stand by now, but it turned into another lost race for him. He missed number two and number five, and his chances went up in smoke with those. With Christensen and Samuelson both missing two, Johannes came into the stand with 58 seconds to play with. But he wasn't in the mood for playing, just 23 seconds needed in the stand to hit all five. He was a minute up on the field, and the race was now for second place. Bo coming home one minute, ten up on the field at that point. Actually beating Jakob Strecki, a big shout out to him. He went clear, ended the day in eighth place for his best ever results. Any Czech listeners out there, I know a couple of you have got in touch in the past. Maybe let me know how to pronounce that name because I think I'm probably butchering it. Um, 
and I think the commentators are probably butchering it too, so it'll be good to know from someone who knows what they're talking about. Back to the race though, Ponsaloma into the stand shoot, he was looking for a podium, one miss made it tough for him though, a little bit off the speed that we saw from him in Finland, he ended the day down in sixth place. Teammate Jesper Nellen thought he was in with a shout, but a miss as well in the stand on the last shot, gutting for him, but a decent run out nonetheless, he came in 11th. Then we had a couple of the big hitters slugging it out. Sterleholm Ligreed and Emilian Jacqueline both had gone clear on the prone. They came into the stand looking for second place. Ligreed missed the first shot, kept his composure though, hit the next four, and he was off to finish in second place for now. Jacqueline though had different plans. He was three seconds off Ligreed coming into the stand shoot, decided to go for it in the way that only Jacqueline can sometimes. 17.7 second shoot. But it wasn't five out of five. Number two stayed standing, and it was a ski race between him and Ligreed for second. Jacqueline having a three-second lead as he came off the penalty loop, and he would just about hold on to that, snatching second place from Ligreed, splitting the Norwegians, and that was your podium for the day. Behind them, great fourth place from Philip Fjeld Anderson, another Norwegian doing well. He shot clear. And it was fifth place for the returning Andres Irastegoyevs, one minute down on the lead. Fiomaye, he looked like he might be within a shout of the podium, but one miss again on the stand cost him. He finished behind Ponsaloma in seventh place. That all set us up for the last race of the weekend. That was the pursuit, and it was really Johannes Tinger's bow's race to lose. He started with a 43-second lead, and it didn't look likely early because he shot clear on the first shoot. Ligrid and Jacqueline battling behind him. They also went clear. But it wasn't all plain sailing for Johanna's first mistake of the day came on the shoot too. He nailed four out of four before looking like he just accidentally pulled the trigger while he was reloading for the fifth shot. Maybe a little bit of a chance in there for Jacqueline and Ligreed. Ligreed shooting clear, just a penalty behind as he came out at the halfway stage and he was skiing alone because Jacqueline had sent one wide to send him into third on his own. It was back to a minute's lead soon enough though because Bo hit five on shoot three. A bit of a lucky five for him though. Two shots hit the edge but just did enough to knock the targets over. Behind him, Lagreed's first miss of the day put him back to 55 seconds off the lead. There was a whole lot of missing going on behind them though and that was giving opportunities to some smaller names and it was Tero Sapala of Finland who was coming into the mix. 15 out of 15 that sent him from 18th up to 4th place. And so we came into the final shoot. One more miss for Johannes. That was absolutely fine. He coasted home for his second win of the weekend. Fourth win of the season. Ligreed missing as well meant Jacqueline had a little sniff of second place. He went for the rapid shoot yet again, but he missed himself. Not enough to drop him any further down than third. And that was your top three of the race setup. Good racing behind them though, because we had five guys going for fourth place. Sapala, I mentioned with the lead, but it was a meltdown of nuclear proportions for the Finn. Three misses, really unlucky for him. That sent him tumbling down the standings. Fiomaye, he held it together. He took fourth. And then it was last week's star, Nicholas Hartbeck, coming out of nowhere to overtake Ponsaloma, Dale, Giacomel, and Sapala to steal fifth place for another great finish for the rising star from Switzerland. Giacomel though getting his personal best with sixth and a welcome return to the top 10 for Jakob Fack who came in in seventh. 
Between those races, we have the relay. Sweden switching the order, interestingly. Nellin going first. We like that. But it was Ligrid getting the Norwegians off to an early lead. No Taya Bow in the relay this week. So Philip Fjeld Anderson was given the job of keeping that lead. But that was a tough task when you've got Consoloma chasing you. Or so we thought, because it wasn't Norway or Sweden leaving, leading at the halfway stage. It was Jacamel, that man again, having himself a very nice week. No spares needed from the Italian men. He went into the halfway stage, putting Italy in the lead. Really great stuff from him and Didier Bionard early. Uh, unfortunately, that would not last because Johannes Singersboe was on leg three and he tore the race to shreds. He was five seconds down when he started. He changed that to a massive one minute, six second lead when he handed over to the anchor leg, Vetcher Storshad Christensen. Really on that leg, there was nothing Femling or Reese could have done. Jacqueline did give it a go early. He started to catch Johannes on lap one, but faded badly on the last lap, eventually getting caught by Pep Femling, which you don't expect to see. Fair play to the Swede though, really good bounce back race for him. He looked a lot more comfortable racing on that third leg than opening things up. Christensen then on the final leg just needed not to throw it away. Uh, he looked good in the prone, no spares needed, but he wanted to give throwing it away a little shot in the stand. He went onto the penalty loop, but he still had a 20 second lead over Sweden in second and Germany in third. And that was your lightning recap of the men's races. So let's look at giving out some awards for the races in Hockfilsen. On the men's side, we've got the gold, silver and bronze for best performances. And the gold, it can't really go anywhere else. It's Johannes Tingas bow. After being 12th in the opening individual race in Finland, we've had six races. He's had six wins. Looks totally unstoppable. Just two misses out of 40 for the week. And one of those... As I said in the recap there, that was kind of a misfire rather than a real miss. And you got to say, there's just no doubt he's back to his best now. Just doesn't look like anyone can stop him if he hits one in a sprint, two or three in a four-shoot race. Um, just doesn't get much any more impressive than what he's doing at the moment. People can't challenge him on the skis or in the range. Um, last season, there were times where he just looked frustrated. He changed his rifle, of course. Um, but there were shoots where you could just tell it wasn't all coming together for him. And it's looking so easy for him now. Got a little theory. I think a lot of it had something to do with uh, with having a child. Uh, Johannes last year had the child. Form kind of dipped off a little bit. Obviously, Tayabo this season's had a child. He started off a little bit shaky as well. Um, but whatever happened last season, he was amazing in the Olympics, and he is amazing now. And I think it's going to be very tough for anyone to beat him in the overall. Silver medal, in terms of the best performances of the week, is the man who just might be able to challenge uh, Johannes, and it is Stella Holm Ligreed. Um, yeah, Bo's all conquering at the moment, but Ligreed is doing everything right. He's still just 64 points off the lead in the overall standings at the moment. He's had three second places and a third in uh, in those four wins that Bo's had. His consistency is excellent. The ski speed is kind of back up to where it was in 2020 when Johannes was no doubt faster than him. Um, but Ligrud was skiing well and, and was doing really well in the range as well. 
one thing I've thought was really impressive with Ligreed so far this season is just the way he's kept it cool in the range when he's been battling people. We saw him battling Jacqueline in the pursuit. Um, obviously, took the opening leg of the relay as well. And both times, with with people around him shooting, uh, shooting alongside him, still kept it cool, still hitting the targets. And Ligreed, if Bo, if if Yannis Dinger's Bo didn't exist, Ligreed would be leading the standings by some way. Um, but unfortunately for Ligreed, he does. And he's going to have to uh, scrap it out just like he did in 2020. Uh, in bronze, I think there are a couple of people we could have looked at here. Uh, Hartweg, we already gave him some love last week, so he just misses out for me. But it was another fantastic week for him. He was the star of the pursuit race, I thought, going from 21st up to 5th. Already got 189 points this season. And um, we're going to be talking about a superstar in the making on the women's side. Uh, but I think it was Ian Woods on commentary saying that Hartweg looks like a star of the season, uh, star of the future, sorry. And you've got to agree with that. He looks so calm and collected on the range in that pursuit. As I say, he knew that the likes of Dale had missed. He knew that Ponsoloma had missed, that Sepala had missed. Um, so the pressure was on him when he came into that range, but you wouldn't have known it. He, he knocked him down and then also held everyone off on that last lap. Didn't look like he was going to get caught. Um, so Hartweg, amazing performance, but I'm going to give it to Tommaso Giacomel, who kind of did the same thing, really, that Hartweg did. Um, clear shoot in the relay. That was really, really good. I mentioned that in the recap. And then he went from 20th up to 6th in the pursuit. Um, and yeah, he had a weird season last season. He was, he was looking amazing in the sort of preseason races. I think they were over in Shushan in Norway last year. And people did wonder, like, is he is he going to take that step? He didn't really make it last year. But this year, he's looking great. He's skiing really well. 18th quickest on the season so far. Sort of, for a bit of context, he's skiing around the same speed as the likes of Philip Fjeld-Anderson and Roman Reese as well. And for Italy, I think this is a really good new story because, obviously, Dominic Vindish has retired now. Uh, Hoffa having injury trouble. Um, so for Italy to have sort of a new person that can come in, work with Hoffa when he's back in Annecy, um, and really sort of move that uh, move that team onwards. Um, obviously, we see them in the mixed relay doing quite well sometimes with Vindesh, Hoffa, Vitozzi, and Vera. So if Giacomel can can just slot in where where Vindish used to, that's great for the Italian team. So those are the gold, silver, and bronze. Let's go on to the unsung hero. A little bit of a controversial one here, potentially. Uh, Andre Rastogoyevs. Um, unsung in the pursuit, definitely, because he failed pretty spectacularly. Missed eight and dropped 30 places from fifth down to 35th. Um, but I'm basing this off that sprint race. His first race back at World Cup level. Um, obviously had an 18-month ban because of three missed drug tests. Didn't actually test positive. So we can debate the rights and wrongs of, of how we should see that, um, him coming back. But I've always quite liked Rastogoyev. He's always been quick on the skis, really streaky shooter. Uh, but good to have Latvia back on that leaderboard, um, sort of breaking up the uh, Norwegian dominance. Obviously, we had three Norwegians in the top four. So good to see that Latvian flag uh, get him back up there. Talked about the Italian team in the mixed relays. If we're talking single mixed relays, um, be interested to see what Rastogoyevs and Bendika can do for Latvia. They're both skiing well, 
um, could be interesting in those races. For the biggest disappointment, it for me has to be Christensen. I was bigging him up at the start of the year. I thought he was a dark horse for the overall Crystal Globe, but he's just not started on form at all. Uh, he's 12th in the overall standings, already 252 points off the lead. Um, and it's sort of on both sides of the coin where he's not doing that well. He's 11th quickest on average, only the fifth fastest Norwegian. And the shooting just not where it needs to be. He's 60th in the shooting averages uh, right now for the season at 82.5%. It's not to say that this season's done with. I still have a lot of faith in him because he is top class. We've seen it time and time again. Um, he said that he's not quite there in terms of handling the big situations um, said that after the relay when he had that uh, penalty loop after the stand. Don't know if it's maybe worth the Norwegian team looking at flipping him and Ligreed. Ligreed obviously been opening up that relay team for a while now, so he he's probably quite comfortable in there. Could be a risk putting him on the anchor leg. But Christensen, I just thought last year he was an absolute killer on those fight in those high pressure situations, shooting with other people. Uh, in the relays, obviously, in the Olympics, we saw him doing so well. But this season, just a little bit off the boil. Um, so I'm hoping we'll we'll see the best of Christensen sooner rather than later. But a little bit of a disappointment uh, for him, I thought. Elsewhere in the men's races, a couple of other other names that are, are sort of worth mentioning. Tero Seppala, not worthy of calling him a disappointment, but it did look like he was going to uh, get his best race of the, the season so far. He was in fourth in that pursuit and then really, really threw it away. Um, Johannes Dahle as well. That was a, a sort of overall, I will say it's a good news story for Dahle. Really good sprint from him. He finished 10th um, with two misses as well. So if you take those away, we're looking at him being right in the mix with uh, with sort of Jacqueline and Ligreed. Obviously, that's with the proviso of them uh, also missing one as they did. But it's good to see Dale getting back to where we sort of know he can be. Winner in Hockfilsen two years ago um, and had such a disappointing season last year. In the sprint, as I say, 10th, the end went into the shoot, wasn't in the relay. That got himself up to 8th. A bit of a disappointment on the final shoot, uh, missing 2. He could have been in play for 4th or 5th, um, but I think a 10th and an 8th for Johannes Dale. He will take that all day long. Also mentioned in the recap, Jakob Strecki. Really good performance from him. And Strolia, who I mentioned as the uh, the unsung hero last week, getting a 12th place uh, in the sprint. A little bit of um, disappointment in the pursuit. He didn't finish. Only, uh, only took the first two shots. Not sure what happened to him there. Um, but a bit of a disappointment for the Lithuanian team. That's the men's side of things. Let's move over now to the women's and get into the recap there. So we kicked things off with the women's sprint, and it delivered early because we had our first fall of the season. We already heard about Thierry Langer in the men's the next day, but Deirdre Irwin got us off and running, taking the tumble as she came around that sweeping bend at the bottom of the hill. That maybe rattled her, she missed two on the prone, but she wasn't the only one missing, as the Erberg shooting continued to be shaky. Hannah missing her first shot of the day, Elvira missing her fifth, but Voigt also missed one on the prone, so they were in good company. When Hannah came into the stand, she tried shooting fast, but it didn't help, 
Another miss for her. She came home sick. Similar story for Elvira. A miss for her on the stand as well. She was skiing fast, though. Not the fastest of the day, though. And we'll be getting back to that story. It was fourth on the day for Elvira. Good results, fourth and sixth, but they could have been so much better. With the Swedes missing, there were athletes looking to take advantage. And we had Davidova, Simon and Vera all through the prone with no mistakes. Not so for the star of Finland, though. Lisa Vitozzi missed her first two of the day. Were we back to last year's demons? Luckily not. She nailed the next three, and she was off and running for a bit of damage limitation. No more misses for her, but 18th was all she could manage. Davidova then was our early leader after the prone shoot. Denise Herman Vick going clear as well. Not skiing quite as fast, though. 4.4 seconds behind Davidova. So it all came down to who could hold their nerve in the stand. First in, it was Marketa Davidova, took her time. She missed the first though. Simone was next in, she did the same, one miss. It was a race to the finish between the two of them. France versus the Czech Republic, who would win? It was Simone chasing Davidova, two seconds slower on the day though. She just couldn't quite get there. Another strong performance from our overall leader though, and a great one from Davidova, who's really in form at the moment. Vera was next in, she needed to shoot quick, she needed to shoot clear, she was definitely quick but she missed one and that was her chances for the win going with it. Denise Herman Vick looking for her first win of the year came into the stand next, she knew she needed a clear shoot, she knocked them down fast, great shooting from the German, she came out with a 21 second lead. Just as all this drama was happening though there was some excitement on the prone shoot because in the later starters we had a new name at this level, not a new name to the podcast, we talked about her last week in the IBU Cup, Anna Maria Lampich, the star of cross-country skiing, who's taken up by Athlon. After just 2.5 kilometers, she was 16.5 seconds ahead of everyone. Insane skiing from her. I wondered if it was just her against the field last week in the IBU Cup, but she's doing it at a World Cup level as well. And then she shot clear as well after missing so much last week. Herman came in to take the lead by 18 seconds at the finish, but all eyes were on Lampich. She doubled her lead on lap two. She came into the stand, one miss. I think she still had the win. Two misses, I think she was likely on the podium. But one, two, three misses on the day in the stand for her. I thought she really did well to regain her composure. She hit four and five, but that was her in 12th coming out for the last lap. She wasn't done though. Another absolute killer lap from Lampich on the last lap. She got herself all the way up into fifth place, splitting the Erberg sisters. What an absolutely amazing debut performance from the Slovenian. Really stealing the show for the sprint and setting up the pursuit because it was the pursuit on Saturday, but we had no Lampich on the start list really going for the fans um, but a, a decision taken for the uh, for, for her well-being you can understand it disappointing anyway so no Lampich we had Herman leading chased by Davidova and Simon all three of them clear on the first shoot as was Elvira who was hunting them she was in fourth while Hannah and Vera fell back with one miss each onto the second lap Elvira caught up with Davidova and Simon and we had the triumvirate cat trying to catch Herman they came into the second prone shoot and Herman was feeling the pressure. She missed one, left the door open. 
Kavidova and Simon both went clear to take the lead, but Elvira couldn't take advantage, maybe pushing it a bit too hard. She missed her last shot and watched Davidova and Simon take the lead. We then went on to the next lap. Herman couldn't close in on the skis, so she was looking for mistakes ahead of her in the first standing shoot. And the mistakes did come. Davidova missed two. Simon missed one. Herman Vick with the chance to lead. She had four out of four down, but just missed the last shot. That was the leading three all on the loop. And Elvira, Hauser, Tandravold, Persson, all with a chance to catch them. Elvira missed. Hauser missed. Tandravold missed. It was Lynn Persson, probably the smallest name of the four. She went out holding her nerve to lead with Simon. Really great race here in the pursuit. Worth a watch if you missed it. All came down to the final shoot. Julia Simon versus Lynn Person. Chasers behind them waiting for mistakes. But Julia Simon's in the yellow bib for a reason. Five shots, five hits. And she took her second win of the season. Person, unfortunate for her. She tried hard, maybe pushed a bit too much. Two misses on the final shoot, which meant the battle for the podium was on behind her. Hauser came in, missed the first two. That was her chances done. Herman Vick missed the last. That was her chances done. It was Tandravold and Davidova both going clear, going for the win. And Tandravold was in the mood for a fight on the skis. She attacked early up the hill, getting a four-second lead at 9.1 kilometers. Davidova just couldn't respond. Was so close, but just couldn't get back on level terms with the Norwegian. So it was Julia Simon taking the win. Tandravold second, Davidova third. Herman looked like she had fourth sewn up, but Elvira wasn't done at all, catching her right at the end of the day to get fourth place. Lynn Person rounding out the top six after those mistakes on the last shoot. Last up for the women was the relay, and we did have a couple of duds last week, but this one was a great race. Four of the biggest names going head to head on the final lap. But let's start out where it did start, and on leg one, Lynn Person was rebounding. She was undoubtedly the star of the first leg, bouncing back from the pursuit to get 10 out of 10. No spare rounds needed. Really great start for Sweden. They were handed over, and leg two was about Dorothea Vera. Some of the best shooting of the season that I think I've seen. 23 seconds on the prone, 22 seconds on the stand. No spares needed. Really great work from Vera. And Italy's great work continued because Camola kept them in it on the third leg. It came all came down to the final leg. And we had, as I say, four of the biggest names all within 20 seconds of each other. Hannah had done well to give Elvira the lead. Simone was chasing her alongside Denise Herman. They were 11 seconds back. And Vitozzi was 19 seconds behind Elvira as well. I thought Elvira might go out fast, but she was caught slightly on lap one by the three chasers. With one spare needed, she was caught by Simon in the range on the prone shoot. Great battle behind them as Vitozzi was attacking Herman up the first climb. The German responded well though, and it all went down to the final shoot of the day. And she's the woman of the moment because it was the shoot of the week from Julia Simon. 18.2 seconds needed, all five going down. Her confidence is through the roof right now. Elvira needed a spare round, she had to settle for second place, and Vitozzi bringing home a fantastic podium for the Italian team. It was a great week's racing from the women, now let's give out some awards of the week. 
So just like the men's, we've got the gold, silver and bronze medal awards for best performers. And just like the men's, the gold medal really has to go to the performer of the week, Julia Simon, just as dominant as Johanna's really. She was third in the sprint, but then two wins going head to head with the best in the relay. Nerves of steel, I thought, to shoot as quickly as she did. She did the same in the pursuit, 22nd final shoot. Um, going toe-to-toe with Lynn Person on that occasion. And I think at this stage, she is the most exciting biathlete to watch in the world right now. She's got a little bit of the Jacqueline about her, a little bit of the sort of fighter as well. I think going back to her first win, um, it was in Contialati. I think it was a mass start. can't remember who she was going uh, head-to-head with on the final lap. But just that sort of battling spirit that we see from Simone, so much fun to watch. And she's really bringing the consistency. Obviously, we haven't had that many races this season, um, but she's already got two wins in both the pursuits, doing really well in the relay as well. Great to see and and really just filling the gap uh, at the top of the leaderboard. We have don't have a Brazel Boucher. We don't have Ekhoff. We don't have um, Marta Olsby-Roiseland either. Um, but the women's field just continues to be competitive year on year. And it's Simone raising her game this year. Chloe Chevalier, after the relay, said that she's never seen Simone look so serene in the range. And she has been amazing. She still hasn't missed a prone shot all year. She's 87.5% on the stand at the moment. And she leads the overall by 65 points. She's close to 100 points ahead of Elvira. And she's going into her home races in top, top form. And it would be really hard to better against her, I think, at Annecy. Um, she gets pumped up by the crowds. I think you saw that as well in the uh, races here in Hockfilson. Obviously, it was a shame in Contiolati we didn't have many fans out there. There's a good point on the commentary. They said a lot of the fans do normally come from Russia, which is is close um, to Contiolati there over the border. So it was a bit of a shame in Finland. Didn't have the atmosphere, but we had the atmosphere in Hockfilson, and you could tell it was pumping up Simon. She was really like pumped coming into the finish. Um, when she won in the pursuit and the relay. Um, so, yeah, no doubt there. Gold gold medal award there going to Julia Simon. Silver, I think it's pretty tough to split the two of them. Marketa Davidova and uh, Ingrid Lamarck Tandrevold both doing absolutely fantastic jobs right now. Both in sort of similar positions as well. They're kind of leading their teams without a, a huge amount of support. Obviously, Davidova's been doing that on and off. For the last couple of years, but this is a this is a new position for Tandrevold leading that Norwegian team, and she is absolutely doing it, doing her best job. She's second overall, as I say, sixty five points behind Simon, and she looks like she could be a real contender for the overall this year. Davida is in fifth at the moment, um, which if she can if she can keep on track would be her best ever performance. They were both excellent in the relay. Tandrevold perfect, one spare needed for Davidova. Um, and yeah, I just can't can't really say enough about how great I think both of them have been. Um, for Davidova, that's two podiums for her now. Just like Simone, she is perfect on the prone shoots throughout the uh, the first two rounds. Hasn't missed one this season. She's missed three uh, out of 15 on the stand. That's 80% for the season. Um, and yeah, we've seen great results from her in the past, obviously at World Championships. Uh, she's won, won, won uh, races, but she hasn't really had the the consistency to challenge in the overall. Uh, the highest she's ever been was 10th. That was last year. 
as I say, she's fifth at the moment and really on track to break into that top tier of athletes. I think the same with Tandervold. I think both of them are really stepping up this year. Um, and Tandervold as well, bouncing back really well from a disappointing sprint. Such a great fighter, just like Simone. Um, the two of them battling on the last lap of that pursuit was great to see. Davidova has had the speed um, over the weekend, but Tandravold just battling past her and, and not giving her a sniff of that second place. Um, so the silver, it's between the two of them. I'll give it to Tandravold because I've been been really impressed with how she's stepped up. Um, but Davidova just as deserving as well. Going on to the bronze medal, I'm going to give an honourable mention here to Denise Herman Vick because her form is outstanding. Um, really, since the Olympics, she obviously won the individual at the Olympics, but in World Cup since then, we've had 12 races. She, Herman's only finished outside the top 10 in one of those races uh, and only finished outside the top five in five out of 12 races. So she is a serious challenger for the overall this year, I think. I still think Elvira is the favourite. Um, and we'll we'll start getting some wins sooner rather than later. But a win for Herman in the sprint this weekend, really, really impressive from her. And not doing it on the skis, doing it in the range. Uh, 23.9 second shoot in the stand in the sprint and hitting all five. It's amazing to see from someone who historically does take their time in the range. We see Herman skiing quickly and then just uh, just needing those extra couple of seconds to uh, to settle down in the range. But it looks like she is on top, top form this year. I say she's the honourable mention, though, because I am not giving her the bronze medal for best performance of the week. That award is going to Italy's relay team. Um, and really, the from the athletes all the way through to the coaches, I've criticised the Italian coaches in the past for kind of, I think, hanging their weaker athletes out to dry, putting them on the third and fourth legs. Um, we've seen it with San Filippo so many times where she's handed over to maybe with a chance of the win, but she's up against the likes of Roiseland and uh, Anne Herman and just hasn't been able to uh, to keep pace with them. Um, but I like how they've got this now. They've got the younger athletes first and third. We had Passler first, Kamola third, and then with Vera second and Vitozzi fourth. I think it just gives them a real chance to take the win. It was a third place for them. That was great, but they were in with a chance uh, if other people had missed then, then Vitozzi could have been even higher up on the podium come the end. So a really, really, uh, really, really great performance, mainly from those two younger athletes. It was a great start from Passler. No spares needed from her. Uh, she was just 16 seconds down on Lim Pearson um, at the end of that first leg. Obviously, Vera was amazing, uh, shot really well. But then Kamola, I thought was a really, really mature performance from Kamola. Just one spare needed. She said she was nervous. Um, but I don't think she showed it. She uh, she was on that last lap. Hannah Oberg was was really going for it on the last lap. And Kamola maybe could have tried to go with her, could have really blown up, uh, a bit like we saw from Jacqueline in the uh, in the third leg on the French team in the men's race. Um, but Kamola, really mature performance, didn't try and stick with Hannah on that last lap, let her go, skied her own race, came in just 19 seconds down on the lead, which really set Vitozzi up to get that podium. Um, and so the Italian team, obviously, it's all heading towards the uh, the next Olympics on home snow there for the Italians. And we've got good youngsters on the men's side, obviously Giacomel leading the way there, but obviously uh, Didier Bionard doing well as well for them. Uh, and on the women's side, Passa looking good, Camola looking good, 
and those those sort of big stars there now have um, now have the support that they need. And come the Olympics, I think it's unlikely that Vera is still going to be in the team. Maybe she will, but I think she'll be 35 by the time the next Olympics comes around. Mitotsi will be 30. I assume she still will be in the team. Um, but it's good to see these younger athletes coming through uh, for Italy going into that Olympics. So moving on to the unsung hero on the women's side. And I really wanted to go into the into the weeds a little bit here and, and not just go for someone like Rastogoyevs who'd had a, a really good race, but someone who'd done really well who I don't think was mentioned at all on the coverage. And it was a Canadian, Nadia Moser, who really impressed me on the women's side. She was 32nd in the sprint, 23rd in the pursuit. That's her best ever result at the World Cup level. And it wasn't just the getting the best result that really impressed me about Moser. She was shooting really well. She shot really fast in a couple of the uh, shoots there. But getting back-to-back results, the 32nd and the 23rd, in the points of both races. And... That's something where you like to see it. You like to see those results sort of springboard off each other. She went forward in the pursuit rather than sort of an outstanding sprint result, then falling backwards into the pack. Uh, she's already got more World Cup points than the last two seasons combined. And we're talking about the Italian team there. Really great to see the Canadian team having that little bit of depth behind Emma Lunda. And I'm interested to see how they go in the mixed relays. Um, Latvia as well, I mentioned, but Canada... You've got the likes of Jules Bernot and, uh, and Gao on the men's side, and now Lunda and Moser looking uh, looking good on the women's side. Talking of Lunda, let's go on to the biggest disappointment of the week. I was thinking of putting Lunda here. She was so good in Contialati, and really not a great result from her uh, over in Austria. Only managed 65th in the sprint, which meant that she didn't even qualify for the pursuit. But I'm not going to give it to Linda. I think that would be a bit too harsh. The biggest disappointment for me, I'm going for Anna Maria Lampich not starting in the pursuit. The decision, you know, it was it was probably the sensible one. Rico Gross, now the coach of the Slovenian team, he knows more about biathlon than uh, than certainly I do, but than a lot of people do. And it was within her best interest probably not to be put in that real high-pressure situation of starting the pursuit in fifth. Um, but oh, it was tough. For, it was tough for me as a fan not to see it. I wanted to see just how far she would go head to head with uh, with the other athletes there. Would she just go straight out overtake Elvira Erberg, who would have been ahead of her? Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, we didn't see it. In the end, it turned out that the she wasn't really originally supposed to even be in the sprint. Uh, she was just there to be in the relay. So the sprint was a bit of a bonus um, for Lampich. And obviously, she turned that bonus into a, a hell of a result. Um, and humble as well. She said that it was just beginner's luck, uh, her shooting clear on the prone in the sprint. But I don't think there's anything lucky about that performance. Her speed is absolutely ridiculous. And um, and you can compare it to other people we've seen. We've seen Steena Nielsen struggling to adapt. I mean, really nowhere in terms of ski speed at the moment, which is disappointing. But she's sort of skiing around the level of, uh, of Vanessa Voigt, who obviously is uh, amazing in the range. And, and unfortunately for Stina Nilsson, she doesn't have that consistency um, to sort of back up the slow ski speed. Um, but yeah, what else can we say about Lampich? 27 seconds faster than Elvira, um, who after last season I thought was going to be unbeatable on the skis this year. And we can compare it to the likes of Stina Nilsson and, of course, obviously Denise Herman. 
or Denise Herman Vic. Denise Herman in her first World Cup race, uh, she was 25th, which is a great result for your first race. Stina Nilsson was 26th. Neither were closest to the fastest ski time, though, in either of their debuts, which just sort of puts a bit of context into how good Lampich already is looking. So those are the prizes that I'm giving out for the uh, for the women's side. Let me know if you think I've got anything wrong there. Who would get your gold, silver, and bronze medals for best performances or some different unsung heroes that you think need a bit of a shout-out here on the podcast. That's all of the races from Austria in the books. Now let's look forward, and we've got Annecy coming up, and these are my best bets for those races. So we have sprints, pursuits, and mass starts all on the books for the upcoming races in Le Grand Bonnard. But before we look into the individuals themselves, uh, just looking at the odds, I think, is quite interesting at the moment and proves how wrong I was in my preview. Because I was looking at the men's and thinking it was a pretty open race uh, at the moment. And I was looking at the women's and thinking maybe Elvira was just going to dominate the season. We've had the complete reverse. Johanna's absolutely dominating the men's. And then any number of of women potentially winning uh, over on that side of the racing. And when you look at the odds, that's where it's sort of fleshed out. Over on the men's side, we only have three people who are in effectively single figures in terms of the odds. Johannes Tinker's bow at 13 to 20, Stella Holm Lightread at 11 to 2, and Jacqueline at 8 to 1. Then you're then you're outside, you're into double figures. Whereas when you look at the women's side of things, you go all the way down to Tandrevold, who is sixth favorite at 9 to 1. So you can tell the, the bookies there have no idea really what's going to happen on the women's side, but away, away punchier on the, on the men's odds. We'll start off on those men's odds. Uh, as I said, your favourites, there are, I mean, there's really only one of them. Johannes Tinger's bow, 13 to 20. Weird looking odds there for uh, Johannes. He was the sprint winner last year. He's got seven wins overall in Annecy. And on the form he's on, it's really hard to bet against him. Sterleholm Ligreed at 11 to 2. He and Ponsaloma maybe looking the, uh, they're the sort of only two that look close on the skis. Uh, Ponsaloma's second on average and, and Ligreed third. If there's mistakes from Johannes, I'd be back in Ligreed to take advantage over the likes of Ponsaloma. Um, then you've got Jacqueline at 8-1 to one. on home snow. He's done well there before, um, but can he beat Johannes? I just I, I don't see it with their form uh, at the moment. I certainly wouldn't be putting any money uh, on it myself. Then you look at the outsiders. And there are two names here at 14 to 1. I've already mentioned one of them, Ponsiloma. Not a bad shout for uh, for a win there at 14 to 1. But Conton Fiomaye, 14 to 1. He looks like he's coming into a little bit of form. Got that fourth place in the pursuit on Sunday. He won the pursuit in Annecy last year. Could he could he win the sprint? Or is the pursuit maybe his best chance? Possibly better to back him in the pursuit. Um, because I, I really don't see anyone challenging Johannes at the moment, certainly when you're putting money on it. In terms of the real, real long shots, how about Lukas Hoffer, first race of the year? Certainly wouldn't be putting money on him to win, but is a top 10 possible? You never know what sort of form he's going to be in. I doubt it, but he's surprised us before. He's a race winner, of course. Um, so that could be a, be a cheeky bet to put something on there. 
Dale at 40 to 1 looks like he's getting back to form. As I said earlier, two top 10s in uh, Hockfilzen, so a podium might be possible there. Uh, no odds out yet for the podium, but at 40 to 1, you're probably looking at somewhere 10 to 12 to 1 for him to make the podium. Onto the women's side of things, and we have a lot of different uh, people in play. As I mentioned, Elvira Erberg leading the way at 7-2. to two. We then have Denise Herman-Vick and Davidova at 7-1. to one. Surprisingly, Julia Simon is only fifth favourite at 9-1, to one, which is uh, pretty crazy for someone in the form she's in. She's in the uh, the yellow bib, um, so slightly surprising that she's there behind Hannah at 8-1. to one. And of those... Of those favourites, it's uh, it's it's a tricky one on who you'd back to win. I don't mind Julia Simon at nine to one to be honest. Her shooting's looking fantastic. The home crowd's going to be a hundred percent behind her. I think that only elevates her performance. So Julia Simon at nine to one is my best bet out of the favourites. In terms of outsiders, you do strangely have Anna Maria Lampich already uh, twelve to one. I would bet anything against that. I don't think we're going to see Lampich in the top 10 again. So I don't know what the odds are for her not being in the top 10. They haven't been released yet, but when they are, I think I might be putting some money on that with all respect to Lampich. But um, but with her shooting, I think it's unlikely that we're going to see her in the top 10 two weeks running. Lisa Vitozzi and Anais Chevalier-Boucher are both at 14 to 1. And Chevalier-Boucher is um, an interesting one. She's, as I say, 14 to 1, just like Simone. She's going to have the crowd behind her. Ski form's looking like it's, you know, pretty good. She's sixth fastest in the sprint um, in Austria. Hasn't been on top form at all. I thought she was going to be, um, I thought she was going to come into the season a little bit better than she has. But, uh, but we know what a classy athlete she is. She's... She's a proven uh, sort of podium finisher um, regularly. So 14 to 1 for the win. I don't hate that at all for Chevalier Boucher. When it comes to the long shots, uh, another name who's back in the field after a little break, uh, Janina Hetish, who had a strong start in the IBU Cup. That's someone to watch out for in terms of a top 10 uh, finish. Someone else to watch out for, maybe not for the win, but at 50 to 1 for the win, we're probably looking at, as I say, sort of 10 or 12 to 1 for uh, for a top six. And that is Caroline Colombo, the young French woman, 50 to 1 for the win. She's the fastest French woman in the sprint, which was uh, crazy to see there in the uh, in the stats. Possibly um, got behind someone at one stage uh, who sort of dragged her around a lap. I'm not sure where that sprint time came from. Um, but she was on good form in Contiolati. Still on good form in Hot Filson. So Caroline Colombo, um, you never know. Could be a could be a bit of a Cinderella story there at 50 to 1. Couple of interesting names around that similar uh, similar mark. Vanessa Voigt hasn't looked fast enough to win a sprint, I don't think, uh, on the skis, but she's at 50 to 1, maybe a good bet for a podium. Um, and Francesca Preutz, who had a really tough year last year with injury. She's sort of coming back into a little bit of form. She's also at 50 to 1 there. Let me know who you think will be the best bet in Annecy. Always amazing racing in Annecy. I can't wait for it. The fans are going to be pumped, especially for Julia Simon. Jacqueline's also going well, so you know they're going to be cheering him on. 
Uh, I think we're going to have some great races. First mass start of the year. Those are my favourites. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. I'll be back next Tuesday to recap everything we've seen in our last races before a little break for Christmas. Um, so I will see you then. <laughs>